everyone. This is Tassie. And this is Bill. And welcome to episode 11 of Lovebirds, the podcast. Episode 11. I didn't, wasn't sure if it was 11 or mm-hmm. not, but I am sure that it's my birthday. Birthday. Happy birthday, Tassie. Happy birthday, Tassie. Tassie's 29. Yes, 29. <clears throat> That's how old I am. Mm-hmm. Certainly not in my upper 30s now. Mm-mm. I'm so old. So, news from the backyard? Got any news? I got a lot of bird news. I don't know if it's from, it's not from the backyard, but... But didn't you see, you saw something in the backyard, the first one of something? I saw Swainson's thrush in the backyard, which is pretty unusual. Mm-hmm. Aren't they usually like swampy birds? No. Oh, okay. But so. they're skulky birds. Mm-hmm. They're um, creepers. And I saw a crackle in the backyard, mm-hmm. which is not an uncommon bird at all, but they don't usually show up in our backyard. But you saw a hummingbird, is what I was going for. Thank you. I did finally <laughs> see a hummingbird in the backyard. Yes. And then when I wasn't in the backyard, I saw a Connecticut warbler. Mm-hmm. Bill yep. got an, another lifetime bird. Which was exciting. And you also got a lifetime bird when we were out in French Village. Black-billed cuckoo. Mm-hmm. Which does not say cuckoo. And when I saw the Connecticut warbler, I saw my second black-billed cuckoo. Mm-hmm. It's been peak migration. Bill is very jazzed about the jizz. Mm -hmm. Jazzed about the jizz. Jazzed about the jizz. We're just going to sing. Bill's finished with his semester too. So there is great cause for celebration. Yay. Although that's just in time for his next semester to begin. Yay. Ooh. Oh, and I got another bird book for my birthday. Hooray. Bill got me the, so he has the Sibley guide to the entire like North American bird. And he got me just the Eastern one. And I was reading <clears> in, I think it was the Peterson guide, and they were dividing it based on the 90th longitude, latitude, longitude. So east of the 90th uh, okay. is what makes Eastern birds. This book, the Rocky Mountains, form a natural ecological boundary between the eastern and western parts of the continent. Okay, so the Rocky Mountains. If you're east of the Rocky Mountains and you're listening, look for eastern birds. If you're west, look for western birds. Mm -hmm. But yes, I have my own Sibley bird guide now, which is good because I feel like I'm starting to sort of grow out of the guide to Missouri birds, which aren't you so proud of me, Bill? I'm very proud of you. Yes. Okay, so and I was counting and with these birds we discussed today, we will have discussed 42 birds on the podcast, which is of course the answer to life, the universe and everything. Mm -hmm. We had our 10th outing on Saturday. We went out very briefly into Tower Grove Park for like 30 minutes. 35. Right before a downpour started to happen, which Bill was convinced was not going to come and then it came and then it stayed for like an entire day of solid rain. I foolishly trusted weather.com. Right. He was like pointing at the radar. He's like, but it's not coming this way. And I was like, there are dark clouds and the wind is picking up and I can feel negative barometric pressure around us. I think it's going to storm. Mm-hmm. And then like everyone else was leaving the park and Bill's like, do, 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 let's go further in. Everybody's going into their storm shelters like in the movies, mm-hmm. like they're in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're just Dorothy Gale, just... Mm-hmm. The remarkable thing about the four birds we're going to talk about today is that we saw them in like one circle of trees. It was a circle of spruce and cedar trees, and it was just like a magic circle with all these wonderful birds in it. It was. None of which I had seen before. Well, one, one of which I've seen before, which is the first one we're going to talk about, the Tennessee Warbler. The Tennessee Warbler, or Oreothlipus, Oreothlipus, Oreothlipus peregrina. Okay. 
But it's in the family Perulidae. It is. Which comes from wanderer in Latin, Perula. It is a neotropical migrant. Mm -hmm. It does not summer or winter in Tennessee, but it is called the Tennessee Warbler because that's where somebody was when they saw the first one. My bird book was kind of vicious. It's like they're seen rarely in Tennessee, but there's no use giving it a more descriptive name because it's a nondescript bird. I was like, damn. Damn. Yeah. So they are seen in Tennessee and in Missouri when they are on their way through, mm-hmm. either in the spring or the fall. I should have researched this more, but a ton of them come through St. Louis every year. Because hmm. um, you will go to parks and stuff and just hear the... Just everywhere. Do we have a recording of it? We do. They are four to five inches long. They are slightly dimorphic in that the female is more yellow and they are migrants. So in terms of appearance, it is a predominantly yellow, green, and gray bird. It tends to be yellow, green above. It has a pale eyebrow with sort of a black cap. Gray cap. Gray cap, I'm sorry. And then it has sort of a grayish belly. It has a short gray tail, and then it has a little like white rump. Rump. It has no wing bars. It can be easily confused with a vireo Mm -hmm. because of the dark eye line. It makes it kind of similar to a Philadelphia or a warbling vireo. Okay. I have that it breeds in Canada and in coniferous or mixed forests, that it forages on slender branches high in the canopy, and that apparently its breeding snack is a spruce budworm which is a type of caterpillar. So like it hangs around the spruce tree to be like, nom nom, after it's been like giggity giggity. I feel like I've read an article or something about the spruce budworm. Apparently the bay breasted eats them too. It may have been an article about sort of the health of the warbler species because I think that they they really dig in on the spruce budworm. Mm -hmm. Spruce budworms (laughs) sounds like one of the names on Mystery Science Theater 3000. (laughs) Beef milk chest, spruce Spruce budworm. Okay, next, unless we have anything more to say about the Tennessee, next is the bay-breasted warbler. Bay-breasted. It is a little bit longer, possibly because its tail is longer, because the Tennessee does have a sort of stumpy tail. It is 5.5 inches. It is slightly dimorphic. They are migrants. And I have, notably, it looks very different in the fall. Mm Mm-hmm. So where you can almost, like, mistake it for a different bird. I didn't get to say Cetophaga castanea. Very pretty. Mm-hmm. So to describe it, it has a rufous crown, and then it also has rufous patches on its breast and flank. And otherwise, its face is sort of a black mask. It has a black beak, feet, and eye. And then it has like a yellow nape and cheek. Yeah, I would say more like cream colored. <clears throat> okay. And then it has a creamy breast, and then its wings are black and white, and it has two strong white wing bars. And then it has does it have a little bit of a yellow rump? Mm-hmm. Like a creamy, yeah. Did you look up why it was called bay-breasted? Yes. Good. So apparently bay is a horse color. That just means rufous. So I don't know why this isn't the rufous-breasted warbler because mm-hmm. that sounds a lot more badass, but apparently a horse enthusiast sell it first or something. But it has alliteration. Bay-breasted, it's true. The poet in me should appreciate that. A lot of alliteration among anxious anchors placed in powerful posts. Where's that from? It's from a movie, but my brother and sister <clears throat> used to say it. 
Okay. When I was a child. But what is it about like naming colors just for certain animals? So like, I feel like Rufus is very definitely like this is red, brown, and a bird. I think that these names come from a time before standardization. Okay. So regional dialects. But regional as in based on the animals that you, okay. Horse region. The the horse region. Yeah. So in the fall, it turns more greenish. Equine region. The Bay Aquinas. The Aquinas Bay. Um, so in the fall, it looks more greenish. Yes, it does. Yes, and it said it could be easily mistaken from some other bird. Oh, the black pole warbler, I think, when it was the one it said. It could probably be mistaken with a whole bunch of warblers, especially the other Cetophaga warblers. Mm-hmm. It breeds in Canada in spruce forests, and it also snacks on the spruce budworms. Spruce budworm? <laughs> spruce budworm! Anything else about the bay-breasted warrior? Does it... Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Just that they're really cool looking. And they are. Very unusual. Yeah, I was like really excited to see him. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's a warbler with some rufusness on it. Mm-hmm. And you corrected me and said, no, 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 that's bay. The next, You're my bay. The next two birds are ones that like Bill's been talking about and been like, hey, you're really going to like these birds when you see them. But I hadn't seen them. And it especially peeved me this next one because we can always hear them. But it is the tufted titmouse. Peter, 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 Peter. Mm-hmm. It says Peter, 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 Peter. Its Latin name is <clears throat> Biolophus bicolor. Two colors, okay. Or maybe to our theme, Baolophus by color, mm. depending on how you pronounce the A-E. I have that its name comes from tit, which is Scandinavian, meaning little, and mouse was mace in Old English, which meant bird. So it literally means little bird. Mm-hmm. So a tufted titmouse is in the chickadee family. That's what I have, closely related to chickadees. So in Europe, chickadees are called tits, great tit. Great tit. Blue tit. I feel like they also use tit as like an insult. Like that that man's a great tit. Bloody tit. Bloody tit. So the tufted titmouse, to describe, they are six inches long, so a little bit bigger than warblers. They are monomorphic, and they're here in Missouri year-round. Mm-hmm. They have a black beak and then a black sort of patch on the nose. They have a black eye, and then they're slate gray on top, which includes their head, their nape, and their crest, as well as their wings and their tail. And their crest is kind of goes up and it's pointed. Mm-hmm. It's not like a mohawk, really. It's just a little like alpha kind of, point. It's kind of like a cardinal crest. But I feel like it's cuter than that. Well, everything about the titmouse is cuter. Mm-hmm. It has a white chest and belly, gray legs, and then it has rusty brown flanks, or mm-hmm. bay. <laughs> Apparently, if you want to get these in your backyard, you should put out black oil sunflower seeds in your feeders. Mm-hmm. And let's see. They are known to steal animal hair to line their nests. Oh, yeah. Like from living animals. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they also take over woodpecker holes to nest. And apparently during courting, whatever, the male feeds the female. Hmm. So cute behavior all around with the tufted titmouse. The other thing is when you're out bird watching, especially in the winter, mm-hmm. and you see or hear a tufted titmouse, it's always a good sign because they tend to be kind of leaders of the flocks of little birds that are flying around. So, so. like mixed flocks? Mm-hmm. Okay. Bill has a stuffed animal with a tufted titmouse because I know someone online who can like make awesome stuffed animals and I had her make a tufted titmouse. It is really cute and it looks a lot like one. This is my best drawing this week, the tufted titmouse. Like this one and this one are good. This one is far too chunky and this one just... Well, let's move on to... Yes. The best bird ever! 
Cooper! The best bird. I feel like this bird might be my new favorite. This is the cedar waxwing. Dun, 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 dun. This is basically like a ninja bird. It's like an anime bird. It is. Yeah, it's way cool looking. Do you have a picture of the cedar waxwing? Is it gonna be this episode's picture? Let me look. Okay. Bombacilia sedorum. Bombacilia! Sidorum. Actually, Bombacilia sedorum. Sedorum. Bombacilia. Bombacilla sedorum. Sedorum. Bomba. Bombacilia sedorum. <laughs> okay. So they are 7.5 inches long. They are monomorphic and they are here year round, even though I had not seen one yet. They too have a pointed crest, but I feel like it's swooped back a little bit it's, more. It's kind of swooped back. Uh, it's it's like Adrian Brody's hair. <clears throat> yes, perfect. Yes. I was looking for a description and you nailed it. Okay. They are sleek looking grayish to brown birds. They have a bandit-like mask mm -hmm. after their first year <clears throat> though, apparently. So they have a black beak and then they have this black mask that like gets bigger around their eye and then goes like small is going back toward the back of their head and then they are sort of brownish on the head into the top of the wing and then the wing becomes grayish and then they have a light yellow body they have black feet they have a bright yellow tip of their tail and then the coolest thing they've got this little if you see them from a distance it just looks like a red stripe on their wing but it's actually like the terminal feathers on part of the wing and it looks like they're dipped in wax it's badass and that's why they're called wax wings. And they're called cedar wax wings because they hang out in cedar trees, like the circle of magic that we were in. And their feathers are so smooth. They mm -hmm. look like these anime robots and mm -hmm. the little red and the yellow spots are perhaps little electronic devices mm -hmm. on them. Mm -hmm. yes. We got a text. Yes. I feel like I should get my friend to make a cedar wax wing. You should. Okay, we'll work on that. They move from here to there for food, like they migrate little distances and they tend to be in flocks. And we indeed saw like 15 to 20 of them flocking together. That's how you usually see them. And weren't they the ones that like, they would like hop off the branch and kind of like hover there flapping their little mm -hmm. wings. So they look like robots. Mm -hmm. And they tend to make a shree. Yes, whistling sound. Very high pitched. Yes. So yeah, it was a good overall outing. Um, we taught, we saw a total 20 species in the 35 minutes before the rain came. And like <laughs> I said, we had this like magic circle of trees. I mm -hmm. feel like this might be the episode name is Circle Tree Magic. Circle Tree Magic. There was a Magnolia Warbler, mm -hmm. Cardinal, mm -hmm. and I can't remember. Well, and then we were like being all excited about these birds, like with our binoculars pointed straight up because we were looking for warblers. And then this punk kid comes over and is like, yo, this pooch was totally hopping like yesterday. I don't see why there are any birds. And we're like, there are tons of birds here. We saw four species of warblers in one group of mm -hmm. four or five trees. Mm -hmm. I think that just comes along with birding is this sort of like, oh, it's dead today. Mm -hmm. Don't even try. Mm -hmm. It's not a very mature attitude. No, it isn't. Yeah. That's what I tell them when they tell me that. No, you don't. We don't have any questions from readers today. I guess the other thing that happened is I got my Feminist Bird Club patch and I wanted to bring awareness to this. Apparently the Feminist Bird Club has some chapters in larger cities and it's a place where women, you know, people identifying as female and people who are non-conforming or just otherwise othered can bird in a group and feel safe. And I think it's a good point because I'm privileged in that I have Bill to take me birding because I don't think I would bird on my own. It doesn't seem like a safe, solitary activity for a woman. Although Bill has talked about how he sometimes feels weird birding on his own with like binoculars and a camera. 
Well, a little bit. Yeah. That's just because people might think you're a creep. But now you have your shirt that says you're with the birds. I'm with the birds. And so everyone can know. Right. Yes. I think that's about it. So I want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter. We're at lovebirds underscore pod. We are available on Stitcher, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast, as well as the Podomatic website. Bill is on Instagram at songbill, and he's also on Flickr. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. Yay. See you next week.